Hey, you are tuned in now to the Gamer Joe Radio Show. Everybody, it's the last week of our Sonic coverage for now here on Gamer Joe Radio Show. GamerJoeRadioShow.com is your destination. Here each week we strive to bring games, games, music, and the developers and many other things the recognition which I so often feel they do not get. I am Gamer Joe, your host, Joe Tikaz. You can drop an email every week at Joe Tikaz, T-K-A-C as in cat, Z as in zebra, at gmail.com. But as I mentioned at the top there, all of our information is on GamerJoeRadioShow.com. If you want to support us in different ways, we have a YouTube channel and other things going on as well. But our main stock is here on the podcast. And I was thinking about it today. This title, is, I've had it for a long time, Gamer Joe Radio Show, but it doesn't really make sense anymore, does it? But <laughs> at least it rhymes. So we go with it. We stick with it. Um, yeah, it's been a long road. I think we had uh, eight, eight episodes at this point, at least, of the Sonic series. 
I could be wrong, but we are on episode 10 overall of Gamer Joe Radio Show, and most of it has thus far been dedicated to Sonic. It's a very long series. We did the 2D games, and now we're today we're at the end with the uh, 3D games. We have four to talk about. That track was from the first one we're going to be talking about. It's called Misty Lake, and it's from, of course, Sonic and the Black Knight. The first game on our list here, the second one on the Nintendo Wii, developed by Sonic Team, published by Sega. Uh, yeah, second entry in the Sonic Storybook series, where last week we talked about Sonic and the Secret Rings. This one is set in the world of King Arthur. The game combines Sonic's trademark speed with a new sword fighting system, utilizing the Wii's remote uh, motion sensing functionality. The series villain, Dr. Eggman, is not in this one making this the first Sonic game that he does not appear in at all. So, developer with Sonic Team, as I mentioned, published by Sega. Nothing new there. <laughs> Director on this game was Tetsu Katano. He was also the producer. Designer was Mario Kishimoto. And the artist was Yoshitake Miyora. Uh, writer is uh, Shiro Makawa. We have composer Jun Sano back again. Yutaka Minobi. Richard Jacques. Howard Drawson, a good uh, friend of mine, he has interviewed on past shows, and Tommy Tallarico as well. Uh, it was on the Wii, as I mentioned. Release date of March 3rd, 2009 in North America. Japan, March 12th of 2009. Europe, March 13th, 2009. And excuse my cat. You're probably getting used to her being a guest on the show. She seems to start meowing like crazy whenever I start the show, but my apologies. Just going to have to deal with it until she quiets down. Uh, gameplay. Gameplay differs from traditional games in the Sonic series by mixing in the new element of swordplay with the traditional Sonic platforming and speed. Swordplay is implemented through the Wii Remote. Gameplay is more similar to Sonic Unleashed than Sonic in the Secret Rings. Sonic's movement is controlled with the analog stick as he is on a set course, and gameplay is mainly in 3D. The, stage the stages feature townspeople that the player can harm and some that Sonic can interact with. These actions and the player's deeds will be judged at the end of each stage. So here's a little rundown on the plot. A wizard named Merlina, granddaughter of the original Merlin, summons Sonic the Hedgehog into the world of King Arthur. She explains that the king has been corrupted by the immortality granted by the scabbard of Excalibur, becoming a tyrannical ruler, and that Sonic must defeat him to restore peace to the kingdom. Sonic's speed alone is insufficient to deal with King, de defeat King Arthur, so he takes up the talking sword Caliburn to stand against the king. I like this thematically so far. Uh, I'm big into fantasy and swords and things like that of that nature so this is right up my alley the only thing i fear a bit here is the wii sword controls but we'll see what the reviews thought of that in a moment here development and release sonic and the black knight was first revealed at nintendo's pre-tokyo game show 2008 press conference developer sonic team a subsidi subsidiary of publisher sega decided to focus on combat and cinematic presentation for the game rather than level design oriented Sonic Unleashed. For the music, Face to Faith, Sonic and the Black Knight Vocal Tracks is the game's official vocal song soundtrack. It was released on April 8th of 2009 in Japan. It features five vocal tracks that were featured in the game, with Seven Rings in Hand, Fairy Tales in Trance by Bentley Jones, and With Me, Massive Power Mix by Crush 40, which is a band we've also mentioned on the show before. Reception. Sonic and the Black Knight was met with mixed reviews from critics. It has a very mediocre 55% on game rankings and a 54 out of 100 on Metacritic. 
indicating mixed or average to below average reviews. The game entered the Japanese sales chart at 30th, not particularly strong, and the North American Wii charts at 10th. It was delisted in 2010 following uh, this, which we've talked about. I believe we talked about this on the last episode. But Sega made a decision to remove all Sonic titles with mixed Metacritic scores from retail stores in order to increase the value of the brand after positive reviews for Sonic the Hedgehog 4 and Sonic Colors. IGN's Matt Casamassina praised the game's visuals and overall presentation, but went on to state that the gameplay was broken and cited the controls as I feared were unresponsive. Game Daily criticized the repetitive combat, easy missions, and limited controls that keep it from being great. But he did acknowledge it had an attractive presentation, decent combat, and bonus content. So pretty mixed to poor on this game. I'm still intrigued. I am uh, obviously a big fantasy fan, so it would be neat to check this one out. I'm just scared of that gameplay. I don't know if I'd get through the whole game. But I digress. On to the next game here. It's going to be Sonic Colors. And we're going to play a track from it right now. It's called Reach for the Stars. And then we'll be back. I'm Gamer Joe Radio Show.
and that was from the next game we're going to be talking about. Getting down there now, that was from Sonic Colors. It was Reach for the Stars, and that is our next topic of discussion here. This game is from Sonic Team, of course, but it also has Dimps working on it. It's a Nintendo DS for the Nintendo DS version. Um, publisher, of course, Sega. And we have two different directors here between the two different versions. The Wii version is Morio Kishimoto, and the DS version is Takayo Hirabayashi. Producer is Takashi Ozuka. Designer, Morio Kishimoto on the Wii, and Yuko Kobayashi on the DS. Programmer, same for each. Artist, Sachiko Kawamura. And then writer, uh, Ken Pontak, Warren Graf, and Yasushi Otake. Uh, does not specify versions there. Composers. Tomiyao Hotani, Kenichi Tokoi, Fumiko Matani, Hadaki Kobayashi, Mariko Nanba, and now Fomo Hataya. Uh, uses the physics engine, and Australian release date was November 11th of 2010, European November 12th, uh, no, North America had November 16th, 2010, same year, and Japan November 18th. So all around the same time, same month uh, for Sonic Colors. All right. The game is centered on the protagonist, Sonic the Hedgehog, once more, and his fight against the main antagonist of the ser series, Dr. Eggman, who has taken an alien race hostage and is using them for his evil purpose. Uh, during the game, the camera perspective switches occasionally from third-person to side-scrolling. During development, Sega explained that they were delisting substandard games in the Sonic series, which we talked about, um, developing new titles instead. Uh, development included the interchanging perspective, the idea for the game to be set as, at an amusement park, and a unique music score. Sega revealed that they were developing the game for a wide demographic, which included both older and younger consumers. The game introduces power-ups called Wisps, which the player can use to increase attack power and reach places they cannot otherwise. This game received positive reviews, with critics praising the game's overall presentation, graphics, music, Interchanging perspective in gameplay and advantages granted by the Wisps. Plays as a basic platformer. Uh, Sonic's main objective, as we mentioned, save the alien, alien race. Uh, the Wii version of Sonic Colors plays largely the same as Sonic Unleashed, using both side-scrolling and third-person's perspectives. On the other hand, the Nintendo DS version is largely a side-scroller that takes advantage of the dual screens of the handheld, similar to the Sonic Rush games. Seems like I could really like the DS version as well, something to like about that, because I love the uh, side-scrolling Sonics. The Wii version can be played with the Wii Remote, either with or without the nunchuck, the classic controller, or a GameCube controller, actually. Uh, during the game, the player can use the colored energy obtained from different types of wisps as power-ups that enhance Sonic's ability to reverse the environments and explore new areas. There are a total of eight different kinds of wisps in the Wii version and six kinds in the DS version. Some wisps are exclusive to each version. A little bit about the Wisps. A major aspect of the game is the ability to activate the Wisp power-ups, each with different advantages. These include the White Boost, which allows the player to get a speed boost at any time and to automatically attract nearby rings. The Cyan Laser turns Sonic into a laser that can bounce off solid surfaces. And we have the Yellow Drill, which attracts rings in the Wii's version's multiplayer stages. Um, a little bit quick about the plot here. 
Dr. Eggman opens an amusement park in space called Dr. Eggman's Incredible Interstellar Amusement Park, made up of several planet-sized attractions, hoping to turn over a new leaf and make up for past transgressions. Suspicious Sonic the Hedgehog and his best friend Miles Tails Per Hour investigate. They meet Yakker, who comes from a species of aliens known as Wisps. Uh, after Tails invents a translator to communicate with him, they learn that other Wisps have been kidnapped by Eggman, who plans to harness their energy. As for development of this game, Sonic Team examined criticism of previous Sonic titles from critics and fans and tailored the game to match. Changes made included making 2.5D and 3D level designs and graphics, power-up driven gameplay, and omission of gimmick themes such as the sword in Sonic and the Black Knight. One of the first developments made was the decision that the setting should be an amusement park. Sonic Team then realized that any sort of terrestrial amusement park would be too small to contain Sonic's adventures. From this came the idea of an interplanetary park, which would allow for more creativity and variance in the game. The music was then written to expand beyond the usual cool sonic sound and focus on making fun, up-tempo music that'll really get players' blood pumping. The producer said that Sonic Colors was aimed at children, stating that the game is intended to be played by children of probably between 6 and 12 years old to make sure that everyone can play it and have fun with it. While Lazuka had previously admitted that it is nearly impossible to please all Sonic gamers, the statement alienated some critics and core gamers who enjoyed previous entries, such as Sonic Unleashed and Sonic 4. Sega of America later assured that the game is intended for a wider demographic. And reception. We said a little bit about it. Overall, it did pretty good. Its uh, pre-release reception for Sonic Colors was largely positive. Uh, Sonic Colors was nominated for Best Platform Game in 2010. But the critical reception when it finally came out also stuck to pretty positive here. Uh, has an average for the Wii version of 78% and the DS version as a 77. Uh, not bad. IGN referred to it as the best Sonic game in 18 years. Praised its gameplay, controls, and level design while criticizing some difficulty spikes later in the game. Game Trailers was more critical of the Wii version, citing unresponsive controls and underused power-ups. Other complaints included a lack of enemy diversity and the juvenile nature of the cutscenes. The game marked the introduction of the Wisps as a gameplay mechanic to the series. As we mentioned, its celebration, in celebration of Sonic's 20th anniversary, Sega released Sonic Generations, and in, that, in this Sonic Generations uh, had elements drawn from uh, previous Sonic games, as we've mentioned. Uh, so the planet Wisp appears as a stage in the console and PC versions. And that is all. Sonic Color sounds alright, huh? A step back in the right direction for a, a series that was really struggling to find its way. But looks like Sonic Colors kind of got things, maybe not perfect, but back on track. Can they continue, though, with Sonic Generations? A massive tribute to all that is Sonic. That's going to be next. We'll talk about it. We're going to play a song from it first. This one you'll probably be familiar with. It's a remix of it, though. It's Marble Zone, the remix version from Generations. We'll be back.
At this point, that's probably a pretty famous track. It's Marble Zone, but that's the Sonic Generations remixed version of that particular track from the original Sonic. One of my favorite Sonic tunes ever. Really great stuff. Love that remix, too. Uh, now we're on to Sonic Generations. This is one I have a good amount of experience with. I had the PS3 version. I was day one on it. Uh, developed by Sonic Team. And Dimps on the 3DS once again. Don't know a lot about the 3DS version. Let's see if we can learn a little bit as we go in here. Director Hiroshi Miyamoto. He did the console and the PC version. So this one came to PC as well. It's on all platforms, actually. Well, the majority of them. Uh, PS3, 360, uh, Microsoft Windows, and then Nintendo 3DS as well. Uh, producer Takashi Lizuka, artist Sachiko Kawamura, writers Ken Pontak, Warren Graff, composer Jun Sano, no surprise there, um, used the Hedgehog engine, release date November 1st, 2011, worldwide. This one was released on all territories at the same time, single player and some multiplayer as well. So, this uh, is a platform game in some aspects, but there's a twist, there's a it kind of pays tribute to all of the different types of Sonic games that there have been over the years. Uh, so players control Sonic in two forms, classic and modern, in which their main objective is to collect the seven Chaos Emeralds, free their friends, and uncover the mysteries behind the Time Eater, a mysterious entity who creates time holes. The game features levels derived from 20 years of Sonic history, kind of like we have covered, spreading across three eras, each having three stages and two bosses from previous games. The classic era, which features stages from the franchise's early years on Sega Genesis. The Dreamcast era focuses on stages from games released during the Sega Dreamcast years and the early years of the franchise, moved to non-Sega systems. And the modern era, with stages from titles released on high-definition systems, which are played as either classic Sonic or modern Sonic. Classic Sonic's levels are strictly two-dimensional side-scrolling stages using classic moves like the Spin Attack and the Spin Dash, while Modern Sonic's levels follow the 2D, 3D style gameplay of Unleashed and Sonic Colors, featuring techniques such as boosting and homing attacks. As well as classic power-ups such as Invincibility and Speed Shoes, certain levels have unique power-ups such as Skateboards in City Escape and Wisp Powers in Planet Wisp. Each zone consists of a main act for each Sonic. The first act is for Classic Sonic, and the second is for Modern Sonic, as well as ten challenges that, such as beating an opponent to the goal or finishing a stage with limited rings, which are fun little bonus things to do. The 3DS version follows similar gameplay to Sonic Rush series for Modern Sonic and features a different set of levels for the console from the console uh, and PC versions, some of which directly recreate the layouts of Classic Mega Drive levels. As opposed to the skill shop in the console version, abilities are unlocked in the as the game progresses, with Classic Sonic learning a homing attack and Modern Sonic learning a stomp. Exclusive to the 3DS version are special stages, similar to those of Sonic Heroes, in which players must collect spheres in order to gain boost to chase after a Chaos Emerald. So, for stages here, let's go through the list real quick. We have Green Hill from Sonic the Hedgehog, Chemical Plant, Sonic 2, Sky Sanctuary, Sonic and Knuckles, Speed Highway, Sonic Adventure, City Escape, Seaside Hill from Sonic Adventure 2 and Heroes, Crisis City from Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, Rooftop Run from Unleashed, Planet, Planet Wisp from the previously mentioned Sonic Colors. Uh, bosses, we have Metal Sonic, Death Egg Robot, Shadow the Hedgehog, Perfect Chaos, Silver the Hedgehog, Egg Dragoon, and Time Eater. So a lot of history here, just like we have talked about over the past month or two. Uh, in this one game. It's kind of a summation of everything that has happened. 
The game features a large assortment of characters from the franchise's history. The protagonist Sonic teams up with his past self, Classic Sonic, and defeat and defeat to defeat Dr. Eggman and his own past self, Classic Eggman. While rescuing his friends and restoring the worlds, Sonic also clashes with some of his rivals during his quest, including Metal Sonic, Shadow, and Silver. Aiding Sonic is Miles Per Hour, a flying fox, of course, and the classic Tails is there as well. There's also Knuckles, Amy, Rogue, and many more. Yeah, as we mentioned, the story is kind of just all about uh, restoring the world. Time has kind of gotten messed up, and Sonic is basically trying to bring it all back together so it makes sense again. Uh, the classic and the modern Sonics will encounter each other throughout, and it's rather amusing, actually. Uh, development, the game was first revealed in, on April 7th, 2011, when Sega posted a teaser trailer on their Facebook page. Uh, writer Ken Pontak commented how they uh, had more input in the story than in Sonic Colors. Fans who attended a Sonic Boom event in Los Angeles on June 8th, 2011, or the Summer of Sonic, in London on June 25th were able to record a birthday message that appears during the game's credit sequence. Uh, financial earnings re report posted by Sega Sammy Holdings listed versions of the game for 3DS and PC. That came to be true. There was a collectible version containing the game in manual with limited lenticular box art in a steel book case. Special booklet containing never before seen pictures and a documentary disc about the history of Sonic with never before seen footage. A music album containing many tracks a limited and individually numbered gold ring, voucher for downloadable content, and a figurine of both classic and modern Sonic striking a pose. Pretty cool stuff. How was it received? Pretty well. The console, so first, uh, the game sold 1.85 million copies worldwide across all platforms. Pretty good numbers. The console and PC versions received generally positive reviews. Uh, Metacritic has it as a 76, the Xbox 360 version at a 77, and the PC version also at a 77. IGN gave the game a good 8.5 out of 10, praising the overall gameplay and level design while criticizing some occasional control issues and limited boss battles. Uh, computer and video games gave it a 7.5, praising the balanced design but criticize, criticizing the frame rate drops. I don't know if that's an issue on the PC so much. Reception to the 3DS version was less positive, though. It's around a 69. Uh, it's uh, hugely rewarding, according to this review. Uh, this was from official Nintendo magazine. Uh, high score chasers will like it, they said, but they did comment that the main game's length was rather short. Uh, though they did say it was an essential purchase for all Sonic fans, and I happen to agree, actually. This one is not only a nice little tribute, even to some of the not-so-great Sonic games, but it's a lot of fun to play this game. Definitely check it out. Sonic Generations is pretty cool, and then, will it stay cool? With the last one, we finally made it, folks. Sonic Lost World is next. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what we have coming up next week on the show. It has nothing to do with Sonic, though it might include a little bit of Sega stuff. We'll be back on Gamer Joe, a radio show.
Okay, that was Windy Hill Zone 2 from Sonic Lost World, our final tr game that we are talking about in our History of Sonic series. And I'm going to miss talking about Sonic a little bit, but in other ways, I'm really excited to get back to things. And uh, an exciting debate coming up next week. We're going to have ex-hardcore gamer back, Mike Gruba, who helped a little bit in the Sonic series. Uh, we're going to be having a face-off of sorts. It's a versus series. I'm going to be defending Final Fight the classic brawler, while he brings to the table the Sega classic brawler, Streets of Rage. And we're going to talk a little bit about those respective series and some of their sequels, and which ones we like, uh, we prefer, uh, and reason so, and then we're going to ultimately have a winner. or So we're going to play through them both this week, we're going to get a feel for them, uh, even though I've played them countless times before. We're going to bring it to the table, uh, and we're going to see which one comes out on top, and learn a lot while we do it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to want to check that out next week on Gamer Joe Radio Show. Something new and something different, and I'm sure we can all be a little bit excited about that as much as we like our Sonic coverage. We will get back to it one day, though. This is not the last you've heard of Sonic, but for today, Sonic Lost World. Lost World focuses on the efforts of Sonic the Hedgehog to stop the Deadly Six, an alien tribe that serves as the game's main antagonists as they seek to siphon energy from the Lost Hex, the game's setting. Developed by Sonic Team, Dimps again on the 3DS, uh, published by Japan, North America, Sega, and European, Australian, Nintendo. Director Morio Kishimoto is the, on the Wii U. This game is Wii U and 3DS. And Takao Hirabayashi did the 3DS version. Producer, Takashi Lezuka. Programmer, Yoshitaki Kawabata. Artist is Sachiko Kawamura and Yuji Okawa. Writers, Ken Pontak is back. Warren Graff is back. Haruma Nakajima, composer, composers, Tomoya Ohotani returns, and Takeito Iguchi. So it's it's interesting. They seem to mix and mash these guys into all these different Sonic games. They're not necessarily on one project, but then they're on another. And kind of interesting. Uh, the Hedgehog engine was once again used, the one that was used in uh, Sonic Generations. So why not use it again here? It was pretty nice. Uh, the Wii U and Nintendo 3DS release dates. Europe, October 18th, 2013. Australia, October 19th, 2013. Japan, October 24th of 2013. And North America, October 29th, 2013. Microsoft Windows, it came November 2nd of 2015. So over two years later, actually. Uh, gameplay. Sonic Lost World is a platform game with action-adventure elements in which the player controls Sonic the Hedgehog as he travels across the Lost Hex in order to rescue captured animals and stop the Deadly Six. Levels range from side-scrolling 2D to fast-moving 3D, linear levels uh, to levels that take place on spherical worlds similar to the cancelled Sonic Extreme and Super Mario Galaxy series. This also translates to the 3DS version as it was the first handheld game in the series presented entirely in 3D. The game uses a new control system which allows players to control Sonic's speed. Simply moving the directional controls will move Sonic at a moderate pace, allowing for more precision. Holding down a trigger button will put Sonic into a run, allowing him to move faster and perform a new parkour move, such or several parkour moves actually, such as running up and along walls and hopping over small ledges in the air. Sonic can perform a double jump, which returns from Sonic Colors. Uh, also returning from Colors are the Wisp Creatures, which provide short-lived power-ups for Sonic. The Wii U version supports both cooperative multiplayer in which a second player can control a remote-controlled vehicle to assist Sonic and competitive multiplayer in which a second player can use the Wii U gamepad screen to race against the other player. Characters, we have seven returning characters from previous games. Uh, 
they are uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, of course. Dr. Eggman is back. Uh, Knuckles is here. Amy Rose is here. And then, of course, we have the Deadly Six, which is original here. Uh, we talked a little bit about the story already. Development for Lost World started shortly after Sonic Colors was finished. It took place over two and a half years. Sonic Team sought to streamline the controls, increase the length, and add more diverse levels compared to previous entries in the series. After reviewing the history of the franchise with Sonic Generations, game producer uh, Takashi Lezuka hoped to deliver a new experience with Lost World. Some downloadable content came later on, and there were some patches uh, adding additional features such as button controls for some wisps and the traditional extra life reward for the 100 rings. Uh, there was a Legend of Zelda Zone released on March 27th of 2014. And there was also a Yoshi's Island Zone, which is kind of cool. The game's music was composed by, as we mentioned, Ohatani with Takito Iguchi handling the orchestration and cutscene music. And Hataya also contributed a single piece, the theme for Desert Ruin Zone Act 3. Reception. Mixed reviews. Back to not so much, uh, not as well liked as the last two, which we're getting the series back on track. Sonic Lost World is a step back here, uh, critically anyways. During its opening week in the UK, it charted at number 11 on the all-formats chart for sales, but achieved the top spot on the Wii U chart and, and number 4 on the 3DS chart. As of the end of 2013, Sega had shipped 640,000 copies of the game. Uh, as of March 31st, 2014, the game had sold 710. Those might not sound great, but it was the Wii U we're talking about here, which does not have a huge install base. Uh, the game's presentation was well-received. Chris Plain of Polygon praised the Wii U's version's visuals and music as arguably the best in the series. Game Informer's Tim Turry wrote that orchestrated tracks evoke Mario Galaxy in the best ways. However, on Metacritic, the Wii U version has a 63, 3DS has a 59, and the PC has a 57. Strong criticism was directed at the game's control scheme, especially the new parkour mechanic. Tori never got the good feel for the rhythm of wall running and jumping and felt lucky to pass sections where it was forced. Uh, Nintendo Magazine agreed. Uh, reviewer Enginito found it problematic that Sonic tends to wall run on every nearby vertical surface. Schilling singled out the multi-lock homing attack, writing that while most of the time it works pretty well, it appeared to inexplicably fail on occasion. Uh, several critics felt that Sonic controlled better on the 3DS. The parkour felt better. However, um, they, the controls were better, but there were other issues, such as uh, the very lengthy tutorials. Uh, Shilly called the homing attack even more uh, ridiculous on the 3DS. So, uh, the level design reaction was mixed. Many found it confusing and aggravating uh, on both versions. Uh, so, overall, clumsy, some awful dialogue, weirdly anticlimactic, one of the most boring in the series, and forgettable. So, not particularly nice words for this game, but hey, the future might be bright, because we have Project Sonic 2017 coming up. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch, the PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One, and we can only hope. So in this history, and it's been long, we didn't touch on every single appearance of Sonic, but I think it would be uh, nice just to give a quick mention that he was in several racing games. Those, I'm just going to run them down real quick here. We had 
Sonic Drift, Sonic Drift 2, Sonic R, Sonic Racing Shift Up, Sonic Racing Kart, Sonic Kart 3DX, Sonic Riders, Sonic Rivals, Sonic Rivals 2, Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, Sonic and Sega All-Star Racers, a very fun little Mario Kart style game, Sonic Free Riders, and Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, which added uh, like flight and different things to the uh, last entry. Arcade games, we had Waku Waku Sonic Patrol Car, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Fighters, Sonic Athletics, Educational Games, we had Sonic the Hedgehog's Game World, Tales and the Music Maker, Sonic Schoolhouse, other spin-offs, we had Sonic Eraser, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machines, well, a, a fun little puzzle game actually, Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, an infuriating but very fun game, Tales Sky Patrol, Tales Adventure, Sonic Labyrinth, Sonic Shuffle, which was a Mario Party style game, not very good from all accounts I've heard. Sonic Tennis, Sonic Golf, Sonic Fishing, uh, a lot of these were Japan only, which is why they may not sound familiar to you. Sonic Billiards, Good Friend Kale, Sonic Bowling, Sonic Pinball Party, Sonic Battle, Sonic Speed DX, Sonic Casino Poker, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, that series is pretty popular here, Sonic at the Olympic Games, Sonic Chronicles, The Dark Brotherhood, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games, Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games, Mario and Sonic at the London 2012, Sonic Jump, Sonic Dash, Wow, Sonic Fever, Jump Fever, Sonic Boom, Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal, Sonic Runners, Sonic Dash 2, Sonic Boom Fire and Ice. And we're not even into the compilations yet. On the cancelled games, which we talked about throughout this series, there are a lot of them. So, <laughs> I think we've had enough Sonic history for a while. It was fun though, It was I've, I've learned a lot from doing this. and. I uh, look forward to visiting some of these games, and I'm kind of leaning towards avoiding some of them now based on what I've been able to educate myself with on the internet here. Thanks to Wikipedia for all this great information, and I really hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, next week, though, a nice change of pace. As I mentioned, it's going to be Final Fight versus Streets of Rage. It should be an awesome showdown. Two great games, and I love talking about brawlers, and we'll have Mike here on the show too. So thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. See you next week for that exciting show. And you have yourselves a wonderful week or weekend whenever you're listening. Take care of yourselves and see you next week on Gamer Joe Radio Show.